and welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host, Matt Sullivan, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Scott Caulfield. So without further ado, it's time to welcome Scott onto the show. So Scott, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Now, the pleasure is, of course, all mine. I can hear some uh, some tunes booming out in behind you as well. What have you got on uh, in the gym at the moment? Oh, we got a little queen rocking back there. Yeah, hard to believe I talked some uh, college athletes into listening to this this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent stuff. Um, so for, for those who don't know who you are, can you give us a quick rundown as to who you are and what you've been up to until now? Sure, sure. So currently I'm the Director of Strength and Conditioning at Colorado College in Colorado Springs, Colorado. It's a private liberal arts school. Uh, a little bit unique. We've got two Division One teams and 15 Division Three teams for people that are familiar with NCAA. Uh, but prior to that, I spent almost a decade at the NSCA headquarters as the head strength coach and uh, coaching education manager. So anything in the last decade that had to do with strength and conditioning coaches at the NSCA headquarters, I probably had something to do with it. If it was events or web content or membership, you name it. Uh, so that was a great opportunity. And you know, prior to that, I did a little bit of everything in the fitness world. I worked as a personal trainer, um, started my career at Norwich University and Dartmouth College uh, back east where I grew up in Vermont. I spent some time in the Navy and uh, yeah, now I'm in, back into the college setting, which has been a blast. Absolutely fantastic. And you've still got the guns as well to, uh, to prove the Navy days. <laughs> Right, right. Uh, I, I tell you what, those those early years lifting in the in the Navy, not knowing anything about lifting, uh, you know, gave me a good foundation of nothing else. <laughs> Absolutely excellent. So uh, we're here to discuss coaching philosophy, and obviously, uh, with all your experience in the NSCA and, and looking at coach education through those years. Um, absolutely fantastic to get you on to discuss it. So first things first, uh, what is a coaching philosophy like? What does that mean? Yeah, and and that and you know that was a great. It, I'm glad you brought this topic up because I've been on a bit of a soapbox with it uh, since I finished my master's degree in 2017 uh, at the University of Denver. Um, because I asked that exact same thing. It was it was crazy to me as I did all these other big picture things with the NSCA and you know looked into research and and coaching philosophy or what's your philosophy, you know, was commonly thrown around as a question in interviews and in all different types of contexts. And, and then nowhere, really, there's nothing in any NSCA or CSCCA certification about philosophy. There's nothing in most undergraduate exercise science programs about philosophy, unless it's like a, you know, 100 level course. So I want, I dug into it because I was like, what do people mean by this? And mostly what we found out is they, you know, when, if you do a lit review, you, people are really referring to kind of different aspects of training when they're asking about your philosophy. And, and I have tried to really point people in a more traditional philosophical kind of thinking in to thinking about values and beliefs what availability you have in your training, you know, obviously your experience and education all play into that. But, uh, and what I have proposed is that there's actually two different things that we're talking about when in strength and conditioning, we bring up coaching philosophy and one is coaching philosophy. The other one is training philosophy and the coaching philosophy is why you do it. And your training philosophy is how you do it. And to truly have a real, um, you know, what I would call holistic 
athlete-centered coaching philosophy, those two areas have to be interchangeable and, and they have to work together. They have to be synergy there. Um, and, you know, and we can go down a whole rabbit hole of how, of how that looks differently. So I don't want to ramble too much, but like, that's kind of what I've come to is that people have thrown that question out. I'm really asking people to think a little bit more critically about using that term when they're asking a question. So you've got a, a coaching philosophy and a, a training philosophy as such. Um, why is it important then to have both of those things? And why is it important to make them distinct from each other? Yeah, well, totally. Because, you know, and you think about when whatever setting you're in, whoever's listening to this, right? If you work in a, in a gym where you have eight foot ceilings, um, you know, you obviously are now limited in what movements you can do. You're probably not going to be doing overhead uh, Olympic lifting movements or throwing med balls, you know. So so how you're going to train athletes, and how you're going to utilize what you have at your access is totally dependent on your setting. So, you know, how you train people is also going to be based on your beliefs, right? If you're brought up in a big Olympic lifting um, kind of program, you're probably going to have that as your basis. You might be a power lifter. So there's different aspects that you have become learned about and become comfortable with that you're going to implement with your athletes. And again, based on your your accessibility, if you're at a power five football school, you're going to have probably every bell and whistle that you need. So your training philosophy, you know, is going to probably be a lot bigger and more robust than someone in a smaller facility. And again, the reason why the two have to work together now, and, and I'll give a couple examples. And one was, you know, that I said, I found that coaches a lot of times would always talk about, you know, building leadership or building future leaders. And if they don't actually put athletes in a position to, to be a leader, then you're really talking about one thing, but you're not doing it. You're not following through by giving them an actual opportunity to lead. Um, another great example would be, um, you know, talk about how you're, your program is very safe or you teach safety, but then you're not teaching athletes how to miss lifts properly. Or you're not teaching them how to spot properly. We're not, you know, being super stringent and critiquing their form. Right. So, you know, I think that was just thinking more about your alignment between what you say you want to do with your athletes and how you actually do it. Like the more you can evaluate those two things and those become again, synergistic, that that becomes a complete coaching philosophy in kind of my world or what I'm trying to hopefully bring to light. So that, that takes a lot of refre- reflection, right? From, uh, from an individual to be able to, to access that kind of, yeah. Um, self critique in order to make sure Absolutely. they're actually doing the things that they they want to be doing. Absolutely. And I think that's a big piece. Like we, talk about uh evaluating our athletes and different things and you know i, I think looking at ourselves and being self-reflective and whether you have some kind of like official you know program or or sheet that you're using to do that with you know whether you're helping your staff by being self-reflective or it's just yourself you know evaluating your programs and what you do you know that's going to help you evaluate if you need to change anything and maybe you don't right but obviously over time if if we're doing the same thing over and over again we want to evolve and get better right because the as the old adage goes right there's a difference between having 20 years of experience and there's a difference between that and having one year of experience repeated 20 years in a row (laughs) 
Absolutely, and I think uh, it's certainly key for uh, for uh, many coaches to look back on that and make sure they're not just repeating the same stuff and uh, copying and pasting the same stuff they did uh, 20 years ago. Um, but in, in terms of then uh, how we're going to develop this, uh, like you, we've gone through uh, what it is and why it's important, but how are then coaches going to go about making an action plan to make sure that they're developing their philosophy and making sure that that then leads them to being a better coach as a part of their development? Yeah, I think that's the part too, where we found, you know, there's not a lot of guidance in that. So, you know, I've kind of developed some resources that we use internally with uh, interns and staff, and and it's very self-reflective kind of workbook. But I think, you know, thinking about what core values that you stand for, and you want your athletes to know about you. Um, And again, by core values, I'm talking about things that are really non-negotiable, you know, things that I should know about you just by having been been around you and interactions with you, those, those really core principles that drive everything, what you do. Um, And again, you know, it takes some time in putting some words on paper, like thinking really about what those things are that you stand for. Um, Thinking about the people who have influenced you, whether that's mentors or family members, right. And what, what were the traits in those people that you look up to and that you wanted to, emulate in your own coaching practice or your own lifetime, you know? So I think it's important to really dig deep into those areas that, you know, are the foundation of what you do, what you do, why you do what you do. And then once you put some stuff like that on paper, you know, you can start to verbalize it a little more. I, I've really liked to, I've had people do, we do this now as we create a mission statement and just like an organization um, or a company would have a mission statement, you know, one to two very succinct sentences. Um, and that becomes your mission statement, which kind of comes as your lead in to your coaching philosophy. So kind of developing this mission statement is who I am and what I want to stand for. Um, and again, you know, an example would be, um, I like to say that I educate, motivate and inspire Colorado College student athletes to improve their mental and physical well-being through strength and conditioning. That's my mission statement. And then that leads into the rest of my coaching philosophy. But creating that mission statement helped me kind of set the tone for my entire philosophy. I think it's super interesting. It gives almost like a a business side of things, maybe even a a sales side of things to uh, yourself as an individual. So you're almost selling yourself to those athletes uh, to get more buy-in into you as a coach. Um, that's, uh, that's a super interesting take on it. And you mentioned very quickly uh, your own philosophy. So I'm really interested then to take that a little bit further and to see yeah, how you've developed your philosophy over the years, right? Like you've got a, a number of years of experience as an SSC coach. So how has that changed from maybe uh, your days in the military moving forwards now to, uh, to your time in a college setting? Yeah, I think it's evolved a lot. And again, I think, you know, back in the day when if you had asked me this 15, 20 years ago, I would have just thought about training and I would have said, you know, well, we we develop, you know, explosive athletes through ground brace, ground based movement and triple extension and explosive, you know, whatever uh, scientific jargon I would have thrown at you. And, and I, I joke around with a lot of people today and I say, you know, I. If you really ask me what my philosophy is today, I'm, I would say uh, everything works and nothing works forever. Um, and, and it's, you know, that's a little bit simplified, but at the same time, it's very true in this world of performance. 
Um, but I think it's more like just becoming, the more I was hungry about this knowledge, the more I did some background research, the more I tried to find coaching philosophy research related to strength and conditioning, which there still is not a lot, you know, but it was more just an evolution of being a, a lifelong learner and, and wanting to improve as a coach to help my athletes better, but also to help my staff and other people that I interacted with. Um, so, you know, that led me to all the self-reflection and different, you know, getting into different workbooks and different assessments. So I think it's, it's very intrinsic for me to be motivated to find that stuff out. Um, and hopefully, you know, I've created some resources. Dr. Garrity, my, one of my mentors and I wrote an article for the NFCA coach, uh, volume 5.1, people want to look it up. Um, and I've spoken on a number of times, uh, at NSCA conferences as well. And in terms of then, uh, maybe some key events or key lessons, which you've learned along the way, are there, is there anything that really shaped already changed the way that you look at uh, both physical training on the, the physical side, but the mental side as well? Um, you know, I mean, I think, you know, everybody's going to tell you, and, and we've heard the, that saying a million times, you know, that athletes don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So, like, honestly, I would tell you that this point in my career, the, the relationship building and the you know, kind of connection that you're able to make with your athletes has become far more important in my training programs than the actual uh, X's and O's of back squat versus front squat versus whatever. Um, so I would say that I think, I think many, I think the majority of us who have been in this game for this long have realized that, you know, it's, it's really about the relationships and the building those relationships. And again, you can write the greatest program in the world on paper. If, if it's not followed to a T, um, you know, a very simple program executed very, very perfectly is probably going to ex exceed that perfect program that isn't done perfectly. And for whatever reason, absolutely brilliant. So when, <laughs> when you look at then your, uh, the athletes that you're working with, right? The, the college athletes, and you mentioned earlier, uh, physical and mental wellbeing. Um, what kind of lessons are you then looking to, to teach them? when it comes to looking after themselves outside of the college setting? Because uh, obviously a lot of them will be moving on to some kind of career in athletics, but a lot of them will be um, well, become general population uh, right. within a few years. So what are the key yeah. lessons which you're looking to depart on them? Yeah, that's such a great point. And again, it's something we talk about all the time here. You know, um, I mean, I talk about things and, and, you know, stuff like attention to detail, right, has carried over from uh, being in the military but you learn in the military you know that when you, if you aren't paying attention to detail people can die right and obviously we're not dealing with life or death but like teaching simple attention to detail like why all the barbells are at the same height and why all the you know blue plates are in the same space and all the dumbbells are in the same spaces in the weight room you know we're teaching that attention to detail well are you able to show up uh, at your class on time are you able to turn your paper in on time, right? If you can't put a barbell back where it's supposed to be, how do you think that you're going to be successful in a job interview or, you know, being diligent about your schoolwork? So it's just setting those little things. Again, the discipline, right? Discipline is a big one. And I don't mean discipline in a negative view, but, you know, being disciplined to come and train and be consistent and push yourself every day because, 
not everybody, and we all know this, our, our um, will or our you know enthusiasm to train is not always going to be there. But if our discipline is there, then we're going to be okay because we're still going to be getting it done because we have had that discipline. And again, those little things carry over into every aspect of, of your adult life. And when you go out into your own, have your own kids and have your own families and jobs, you know, I think that, again, those kind of key things and again, if you value them in your program, right, they're going to be ingrained in people and yourself. So I think it's a big part of also, you know, walking the walk as a coach as well. Absolutely brilliant. So um, in terms of the, the most difficult question that we can ask you, we wanted to ask you, what is the one thing that you see or do differently, which the rest of the world can learn from? And that's a good one, too. Um, you know, I thought about it when I saw it first. And I mean, I think. Like it just goes back to the relationship thing. And obviously there's, there's times that, you know, obviously you got to get work done. You got to do things. But I think that being investing more time in relationships overall is going to give you more value in the long run uh, than we really even know. So, you know, building relationships, building strong relationships, being available, especially like we keep talking about mental health too, being available that athletes know that they can come to you with any sort of problems, especially in the way today's world is, um, you know, those types of things are where I would say that I have kind of evolved to nowadays. Absolutely brilliant. So Scott, massive thanks for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, buddy. Cheers. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to Scott for all of his hard work on today's podcast. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure you do at home too. Before you leave, I'd like to point you in the direction of our Coach Academy. Now, the Coach Academy is a series of mini lectures broken down into bite-sized chunks. So if you've been inspired by some of the words of Scott today and you want to take your career to the next level, be sure to take the seven-day free trial in the show notes. And what you can do is get in there, take your coaching to the next level using a series of lectures broken down into bite-sized chunks. So all you have to do is click that link in just a few seconds' time. And of course, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, be sure also to hit the subscribe button. That means that we can keep bringing you the best possible guests and of course that you won't miss out on next week's fantastic episode. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks from me, Matt Solomon for Science of Sport, and I'll speak to you next week.